0: revolutionary talk for revolutionary times promoting peace liberty and prosperity around the clock liberty talk. FM. down goes frazier
1: down goes frazier down goes frazier the heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory eight count and foreman is as poised to- All oh, the band is the foul All on the field! He's the is on that! Right. gonna go Let's get
2: What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Witz and Roz here with the Sporting Edge. We're back for another week, doing a little bit early and also doing a little split show here. We're doing some Wednesday, some Thursday, depending on how it goes. Because your boy Roz, he's got a date. He's super excited for it. Hopefully, it goes well. Witz, I know you got a date with Jill. And if anybody else gets that joke, I hope you are laughing along with me. But let's start off with college football today um we've got a lot of news with the whole playoffs coming out how i feel about certain things we also got big news at ohio state urban meyer stepping down because the weight of all the guilty things going on his head has crushed him to the point where he needs to retire with aaron hernandez murdering people on his watch with uh his assistant coach zach smith being responsible for some domestic abuse there's too much to handle he needs to step down and maybe jim harbaugh will finally get a win in the big ten when it's important uh, but let's talk about the teams that are in the teams that I think rightfully so are in other than maybe Oklahoma. I think Georgia does have an argument. I know you can't be a two loss team and not a conference champion. Make it in. Georgia's clearly their team on paper. And if you watch them play. Um, but what are your thoughts initially after seeing the, uh, the schedule come out and the playoffs come out?
0: Um, it was interesting. I, my personal opinion, I thought Ohio State should have been in. Um, but I mean, I guess the committee really must have penalized them for that loss against Purdue, which I I can't blame them. I have nothing wrong with Oklahoma. Um, I just thought that, you know, over the course of the season, their defense was just, God, it was so bad. Um, and I know they had a big win conference championship game against Texas. And I heard a lot of people saying, well, they lost once and they avenged their loss to that same team.
2: I was going to use that exact point, by the way.
0: I don't really like that point because, first of all, how many teams get to avenge their loss? I'm putting up air quotes like... Just because they got the chance to play Texas again and beat them, I don't think it changes the fact that they lost to them the first time. I just think they're, they're two completely separate things. And I don't like people like, oh, they avenged their loss, so they did good. They did right by their season. It's like, well, you know, how many teams get a chance to play the team they lost to, like, again for all the marbles? Like, it just doesn't really happen. But my personal opinion was, you know, Ohio State, you know, they came, they really showed up against Michigan, the top defense in the nation, you know, and they beat. They down Michigan a um, little bit of a soft showing though in the big Ten championship I know they ended up winning by I think it was more than three scores but that was a 24-21 game um, in the fourth very early in the fourth quarter versus northwestern nothing against northwestern but I thought that Ohio State really needed to come out and dominate to have any sort of a shot but when you, when you look at the you know both teams uh, both teams had one loss I just think Oklahoma, or excuse me, I just think Ohio State played just a little better in general overall. Oklahoma's defense is historically terrible, um, but I think that's just kind of a theme in the Big 12. Didn't perform too
2: terribly during the Big 12 championship game, though. Mind you that. And the over-under was way under.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you can only give up 50 points so many weeks in a row. Um, But it'll be exciting. I mean, Oklahoma's got a top top flight offense Um, and I want to get my two cents about Georgia too I understand people telling me that Georgia is a top four team in the nation I happen to agree with you I do think they're a top four team in the nation and people are saying well then they should be in the college football playoff and I say wrong they should not be in the college football playoff because not only do they have one loss they have two losses they did not win their conference championship And I think when people say, well, I want the best four teams in the nation. All right, then let's just not play the games anymore. Because I 100% think Georgia is a top four team in the nation. But the games that are played on the field have to mean something. And I feel like that's where a lot of people are missing out. It's like, well, you know what? They lost a game. They got smoked by LSU. But they played this super close game with Alabama that they should have won this two years in a row. It's like, all right, well, but they didn't win. So am I going to... Let them in the playoff because they almost beat Alabama and they almost, you know, won the SEC. Like, I don't think so. I think you have to play. You have to put some marbles on the games, or otherwise, don't play them. Let's just say, well, you know, Georgia's clearly a better team than Oklahoma and Ohio State, so we should let them get in. I think that's wrong. Um,
2: can I can I agree with you on something here? So I agree. Sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, agree with me as much uh, as you want.
2: Right. So the Georgia thing, I just brought it up for argument's sake. I mean, they are one of the top four teams in the country. Be right, they play the games. They didn't win the games they needed to win. I mean, that LSU loss definitely holding them back a little bit. And they didn't win the SEC championship for the second year in a row. And uh, I think that's important, although I think maybe they did win. Anyways, I think the championship games are kind of a playoff game in their self. They knock out certain teams from contention. I think that we're moving towards a space. We do 60 in the playoffs. Those championships, at least for the Power Five, will be kind of automatic qualifiers. But the reason I agree with you about Georgia is you're right. They didn't play the key games, but that also makes me want to bring up Notre Dame, who also didn't play a key game. And by me saying they didn't play a conference championship game, and I've seen lots of commentators upset that Notre Dame shouldn't get a pass for that, and that Notre Dame arguably should have been left out for Oklahoma and Ohio State moving forward, or either Georgia. I think it's a, fair to say that Notre Dame should be playing in a conference and should have to play in a championship game, whatever conference it may be. And I don't think it was fair for them to escape away on the last week of the season. Wow. Especially I, with that win against USC that wasn't super convincing.
0: A lot of agreement on the show here today. I Notre Dame, I see what they did this year and I roll my eyes. Um, they did a great job. They went undefeated. They did exactly what they needed to do to get to the college football playoff. But like you said, Roz, is it enough? You know, the fact that they get to sit at home on championship week when a team like Georgia had to go out and play the top team in the nation, when a team like Oklahoma had to come out and play a top 10 team in the nation. um, I can't say the same thing about Ohio State. But conference championship games, I mean, they do mean a lot. And I look at Notre Dame... um, I look at their schedule this year, and it's pretty good. I can't complain about that, but I do have a problem with them not being their conference championship weekend because there's really nothing that can go mm-hmm. wrong for them. Um, but you know, they they did beat four top twenty-five teams. They spanked a number twelve Syracuse team that was one of the hottest teams in the nation. Um, they meet they beat Michigan on opening night. Um, they also beat Stanford and Virginia Tech. Um, but like I said the USc win was not very impressive at all um I just I would like them to be on the same field as everybody else in terms of being in a conference um, and not really getting you know in a handpick you know who they play each year because this this is the kind of year I would, I would like six teams in the playoffs I would like to add Georgia and Ohio State um I would like to sh- I would like to see UCF in there you know I realize they lost their starting quarterback but I would like to see those things and I'm not going to get to see them now, but here's my thing. If Notre Dame performs as poorly in this playoff as they did in the national championship game was about five years ago against Alabama, then I'm going to, I'm going to start saying, you know, either get in a conference and legitimately prove that you're the best team in a power five conference or go undefeated and run the risk of possibly not making it because you know, the, the national championship game five years ago against Alabama was right up there with one of the most embarrassing football games and efforts in that big of a game that I've seen in a long time. Got about 10 seconds where Agree or disagree with me?
2: I agree. I mean, if UCF, who plays a conference championship game, is going to still be penalized, I think Notre Dame's on the board of potentially being penalized. That's just my opinion.
0: That's Roz's opinion, and it's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break. I think we got a little more college football.
2: everybody? We are a ways away from the New Year's, New Year's Day games, as dash New Year's Eve games. Obviously, we'll get the picks in for that when they come. But let's talk about college football and the landscape moving forward. I know you guys are all waiting for my take. I'm Mike McCarthy getting fired from the Packers. That will come. Don't you dare worry. Um, but let's talk about the landscape of the Big Ten. They are not switching up. They're going to stay to nine conference games in their schedule, so that'll be interesting. You might take one away or add one just so that there's more variability in terms of which side play each other during the regular season. But let's start with the big one, Urban Meyer, no longer the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Best news Jim Harbaugh got all day. Probably the best news the Big Ten got all day. I do – although I did rant on him, I do have to give him credit because he made the Big Ten more competitive, whether it was in recruiting or on the field. He did bring this element to the Big Ten that you kind of got at the SEC level in terms of the top recruits coming and playing for him as well as the level of play going up. It will be sad to see him go, but um, we'll see uh, We'll see what the Mr. Day has in store for Ohio State Buckeyes.
0: Yeah, Mr. Day, this is interesting. I mean, you saw what he did the first three weeks. Um, looked like he can kind of handle the heat a little bit. Uh, I know those two top prospects decommitted. Um, but, you know, I think that's all That's all, it's all. just part of doing business. I mean, that'll happen. Um, I think Ryan Day, certainly equipped to do the job. Um, you know, and a man who's not even 40 years old, I think he's got a very bright future. But, I, you know, let's talk about urban meyer for a second um regardless of what you think about him as a person off the field what he's done um you know i'm I'm gonna leave that to everybody else because you know this is a sports show we're talking sports and the sports legacy like you said raza this guy is left on college football i think it is is pretty second to none i mean i'd have to put him on my list probably a top five college football coach of all time you look what he did at Florida, winning two national championships. You look what he did at Ohio State, winning one national championship. Um, I think the guy's career record in college football is like 186 and 32. You know, winning six out of every seven games. And I agree with you. Really brought some relevancy back to the Big Ten. You know, at a time when everybody and their mother would only watch and say that SEC football was the only thing going on still kind of the case. I mean, SEC football is still a lot better. But, you know, we've seen over the past few years the rise of a Clemson in the ACC. We've seen the rise of an Ohio State in the Big Ten. You know, we've seen some other teams and other conferences kind of come to the forefront a little bit, you know, without just talking about the SEC. So Urban Meyer, the football coach, I think one of the best that has ever done it in college football. And you think about it, before Alabama— um, you know, it was as big as they were consistently in the SEC. It was Florida. It was Florida. Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, um, and Florida hasn't been the same since he left. I mean, I know they, you know, they've been ranked in the top twenty-five. They've been ranked near the top ten a couple times, but they really haven't been the same. The consistency hasn't been there. And you look at what Urban Meyer's done at Ohio State. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't get much better than than the results that he's put on the field. Um, so, will this be the last time he ever coaches? I happen to think no, but I don't know how serious his health is. Um, anything with the brain, I think, is pretty serious. So we'll see what happens there. But you know, a lot of people are going to debate, you know, the legacy of Irvin Meyer and who he is <laughs> as a person. Um, and like I said, that that's a much more complicated uh, avenue that I, you know, I don't think we really need to go down here. But as a football coach, uh, what he's done for those two programs, and you know, let's not forget about going undefeated at Utah. When Alex Smith was in college, it was about 50 years ago. But that's another thing. Urban Meyer is hands down one of the best college football coaches to ever live.
2: He definitely had the best winning percentage, and that's in current college football coaches. And that's with Nick Saban still being around. So, yeah, Urban Meyer definitely did a lot. Like I said, he really helped the recruiting for the Big Ten. He helped coaching's staffs being made in the Big Ten I mean look at Jim Harbaugh coming or finding his way to Michigan to try to compete with the likes of Urban Meyer which he was unable to do so that's as happy as Harbaugh must be he did finish defeated in a sense he was winless against the great Urban Meyer and uh, he's gonna have to stay that way and unlike you I I think this is the end there's no place Meyer's gonna go from here Ohio State was his hometown team that was the last place he wanted to coach his health is in some serious condition and uh I think that's the end and You could see it and hear it in his voice when he was giving his press conference. So we'll see. I think Ohio State, like I said, they're entrusting it in a new coach who Urban Meyer really stands by. And I think they're, again, a program that's always to be worried about um, and always is in contention for the playoffs. But that's all I've really got for college football moving forward, unless you've got any news and notes you found intriguing this week.
0: A um, couple, couple more news items. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to join USC as an offensive coordinator. Um, I thought, I think a lot of people were surprised that Texas tech got rid of him, um, you know, running one of the best offenses in the nation, but you know, just didn't really get it done from a wins and a big win standpoint. He was a name. I think people were looking for to possibly hop into the NFL You know, I mean, I feel like the hot new young offensive coordinator is what everybody's looking at, you know, head coach-wise. So he was a hot name out there. So look for his name in the next couple years to be a guy who's talked about in the NFL circles and is a big-time college football hire because you know that, you know, some of these positions come open, um, you know, fairly regularly. You got some of these big teams that aren't really performing. Um, And second piece of news, former Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant is heading to the Missouri Tigers this year. So he will go to the SEC to try to lead the Tigers um, into uncharted territory because they really haven't been good in a long time. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that, Roz? Does Kelly Bryant have what it takes to possibly lead Missouri to, I don't know, maybe an SEC championship in the near future?
2: From what I heard, it was between Auburn and Missouri in terms of teams he was looking to do. I think it does make Missouri a more competitive team. This team this year wasn't that bad. Uh, I mean, obviously, they stacked up more than four losses, but this is a team now with a former playoff contending quarterback, Kelly Bryant. And I think Missouri does assert themselves a little bit in the SEC. Obviously, it's tough. It's one of the most... Field conferences, I would say. I mean, you, like we said, you have LSU, Auburn, you have Alabama and Florida up top. It's it's tough. And Georgia, I've almost forgot about. So we'll see. I think they're a competitive team. I think they they're a team that now steals wins, and that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and you look at the SEC East um, this year. We had Georgia at eleven and two, Florida nine and three, Kentucky nine and three, Missouri right behind them at nine at eight and four, um, finished with a top twenty five ranking. So you know, if you were going to tell me that they were going to win the SEC East next year. I would not be surprised one bit. Um, Kelly Bryant has shown us that he's he's a pretty top flight college football quarterback. Say what you want about what happened at Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence just might be a, you know generational talent quarterback wise. But I like the move for Missouri. Um, maybe puts them really back on the map, uh, relevancy wise. But Roz, I know we're gonna talk about the games a little bit more um, as we get closer. We got you know all the bowl games to break down, but. Kind of snapshot at the playoffs right now. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on Alabama versus Oklahoma? And what are your thoughts on uh, Clemson versus Notre Dame?
2: Roll Tide, Roll Tide, and Raw Tigers. I don't know what they're saying is, but Roll Tide's going to win arguably by 40 points. We have to see what's going on with Tua, but Nick Saban said that
0: he is going to be fine for the game. Oh, and by, by the way, is- before we break down, we, we got to give a shout out to Jalen Hurts. Um <laughs> Anybody who's watching. Hollywood story. um, The guy who gets benched in the second half of a national championship game and watches his backup lead the team to victory and starts the next year for the entire year until the conference championship game, where his number is now called again. That was Jalen Hurts. Came in, down a score. They ended up winning uh, by a score. An unbelievable story. A guy who stuck it out, could have easily transferred, could have easily walked away. And you saw it after the game. Nick Saban basically in tears talking about what Jalen Hurts meant to that team and him as a coach. Um, so we've got to give a shout-out to him. Tua looks like he's going to be on the sidelines for a couple weeks, but you know we've got about a year until this game, so it looks like he should be all right. But had to throw in a little Hurts shout-out there.
2: Absolutely, and deserved. And like I said, Kyler Murray, who – Looks like could win the Heisman over Tua this year due to the last week's performance. But um might show a little flash. And I've heard things that he would be a first-round pick for sure if he wasn't going to play baseball. Um, Might scare it. Uh, Alabama fans in like the first quarter, but it'll end in Alabama's favor, and the same goes for Clemson. I think we're going to get a romping. I really do. I believe that this should be the ACC championship game. I have a lot of feelings that with Notre Dame basketball being in the ACC, I feel their football should be in the same place, so we'll see. If they stack up against Clemson, shame on me, but uh, I think Clemson goes in there, puts up a 45 spot, whereas we see Notre Dame struggle to put the ball in the end zone.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Roz, and That's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we will be back after the break.
1: that will help you, give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbershow.org and sign up for the newsletter or you can email me direct. At Bubba at the Bubba show.org, we want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubba show.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubba show.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. what's up what's up everybody we are
2: back and it is time to um say happy uh happy year pray for the best and we're moving on and looking forward to the following years to come my football season has officially ended um on all on all fronts whether it was fantasy football the green bay packers or northwestern wildcats who i became a fan of a week ago it is all over from here um Starting with the Green Bay Packers before we get into the abysmal fantasy football stretch I went in. Probably the worst in fantasy football history. Mike McCarthy is finally fired. We lost to a 2-9, and nine, now 3-9 and nine, Arizona Cardinals team in Lambeau Field. The last time the Arizona Cardinals beat the Packers, they were the Chicago Cardinals in 1949. So this was a rough day for me Sunday for sure. Um, The news was nice to hear that Mike McCarthy was finally relieved of his duties. I understand the both sides of things where people are upset they cut him before the end of the season. Well, you know, it was time to go. It was time to go. He gave us 13 years. I can't say they were all bad years. We won a Super Bowl with him. But how many coaches and how many quarterbacks do we have to induct in the Hall of Fame without winning Super Bowls? I mean, let's think about this for a second. We had Mike Sherman who didn't win one with Brett Favre. We had Mike McCarthy who didn't win one with Brett Favre and only won one with Aaron Rodgers. And we had Mike Holmgren, who we should have kept on longer, but didn't give him a GM spot, so he left, and he only got one with Brett Farm. It is time to win in Green Bay, and they're going to need to figure that out. Whether it's Josh McDaniel, Josh McDaniel's, who I hope we pull from the Patriots, or some young coach. I mean, I even saw something about trading for Sean McVay. I'm all in. Let's trade. We have two first round picks. How about we trade two first rounders for Sean McVay? Have him turn it around in Green Bay. Um, it's time to move on. I'm four seven and one. My predictions of a Super Bowl pick is just as bad as Xander's New York Mets and New York Giants picks as it looks like, and uh, it's been a very sad year. I am uh, very humbled by this experience as I was born and raised in Chicago, so my Bear fan friends have been through the ringer. Um, It's sad to experience this for the first time, more like the second time in my uh, 23 years of living. So, guys, it's your floor now. You're 9 and. They are 8-4 after the loss of the Giants, but it looks like the Bears have a real shot this year.
0: Yeah, Bears have a real shot uh, up in first place in the division. Um, but, Roz, did, did I hear it correctly that your entire lifetime as a Packers fan has been a little underwhelming with only two Super Bowls between two Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Did I hear that correctly?
2: Uh, yes, you have heard You've heard right. Because if you take a look at teams like Steve Young and Joe Montana with the 49ers and how many they were able to compile together, to only have two in our stretch of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks is definitely underwhelming. We still have a guy, so he's going to continue to move forward and hopefully pick us up at least one more. You know, Three isn't as bad as two, weirdly, but uh, it'd mostly be better to see Aaron Rodgers have two rings on his hand.
0: Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you. Not, you know, obviously I'm not a Packers fan, but you know, if you're going to tell me that I'm going to have 27 and counting consecutive years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and I'm only going to win two Super Bowls, little a little bit of a head scratcher, honestly. I mean, not knowing any other details about the situation, um, I'm a little disappointing. Just as an overall sports fan, I mean quarterback, I think, is obviously by far the most important position on the field. And the Packers, I mean, there are no other teams, I think, that over the course of this past 27 years have had as good of quarterback play. I mean, you can argue maybe the Patriots, but Tom Brady, he's about 17, 18 years in. They did have Drew Bledsoe before that. But, I mean, look at all these other teams, what they've been through. And the Packers have been up there I think about since 1991 but you know teams like the eagles with nick Foles one um you know you had the one-legged peyton manning you had a trent dilfer you had a joe flacco in there um so yeah interesting uh interesting times in green bay um definitely a season to forget though not making the playoffs um but yeah you know i think it's time for the bears let's see what they can do Really don't want to play the Vikings last week of the season uh, for the division, but it could come down to it. But, Roz, what are we looking at in the NFL? Um, we had some interesting games last week. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're in week 14. We are coming down the home stretch.
2: Well, before uh, we get into the week of football that you'll be watching and I won't be watching, we've got some other things to clean up. We didn't talk about Kareem Hunt last week as we got that news late. That's some pretty big, big news. Um I've heard both sides of it and Xander, you did put it in perspective and I put it in my own perspective when talking to my parents about it. There's never a time in your life as a male, you should put your hands on a woman ever to no degree. And I understand what this woman said and it's atrocious, disgusting, inhumane on her part that here in 2018, almost 19, we're still using such derogatory terms towards another person, another human being. And, uh, it escalated, and he did push, and he did kick her over, and it's over for him in Kansas City, and it looks like he's going to be struggling to find a place moving forward in the NFL. But I'm really curious about your take on it because of all the domestic violence we've seen, especially Reuben Foster's as of late, who is now picked up by the Redskins. Where does this stand to you, and is this a permanent punishment for Kareem Hunt, a guy who is one of the most electrifying running backs in the NFL currently?
0: Oh, boy. This is... This is a this is a tough issue. I'm glad that I have nothing to do with, you know, what's going to happen to Kareem Hunt. Because honestly, you know, I don't know what the answer is. Is suspending him for the rest of his career? I don't. I I don't think that's the answer. I completely disagree. Um, and what I thought what he did was terrible. And I think you know one day the NFL will maybe figure out what to do with these types of situations. Um but, you know, it seems like they're always kind of behind the eight ball and what happens to people, whether it be Greg Hardy, whether it be Ray Rice, uh, whether it be what they did to Ezekiel Elliott on kind of the opposite side of the spectrum when there really was no evidence. And regardless of what happened, you know, I spent him for six games, Ray Rice for two. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, a – and this all happened in a very big whirlwind. It was, you know, this video came out. Everybody's hearing about it. The Chiefs heard about it Kareem Hunt lied to the Chiefs um, Kareem Hunt's on the exemplist Kareem Hunt's cunts cut this all happened within like 24 hours um, so it was, it was interesting and I don't know who's gonna pick him up I honestly don't know I mean you can't count out the Redskins after what they did <laughs> um, but yeah
2: this is a, this is a situation a little, little uh, something sneaky about this situation a guy becomes very available this offseason. How about Le'Veon Bell to the
0: Kansas City Chiefs? That uh, That is a very interesting, interesting, interesting argument there. Um, but yeah, this Kareem Hunt situation, I don't know how it plays out. Um, because I feel like you have some people debating, like, was what he did as bad as what Ray Rice did? Uh, objectively, I have to say no. Um. Was, I mean, obviously what he did was terrible. It was wrong. But, I mean, comparing those two, I mean, is he going to be ostracized from the league uh, forever? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't know when that time frame is going to be. Um, but, yeah, th- this is the kind of situation I don't really have any answers. I don't really have many thoughts on it. Um, but I think you're, you're seeing most teams are not willing to take the kind of PR hit That would come with signing someone like this. Um, But let's not act like it's never happened before. I mean, Jerry Jones kind of talking about it like, you know, he's all against it. Meanwhile, he did sign Greg Hardy, who's done some very highly questionable things in his life. Um, And Randy Gregory keeps on. And Randy. I know Randy's
2: been more drugs, but like he's not a perfect man in terms of. Who he signs in terms of morale and or not morale, morals, standards and all that stuff. So Jerry Jones is not really one to speak.
0: Yeah, but um it's interesting. I actually read a uh I thought a pretty eye opening article on Barstool. It was by Liz Gonzalez, actually. Um and she was kinda running through the Jerry Jones spiel of, you know, him saying everyone has zero tolerance for domestic abuse and it's like, Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jerry. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill, proven punched and choked his pregnant girlfriend. Uh, Ruben Foster signed by the Redskins. Um, Greg Hardy signed by you personally, Jerry Jones. Like you mentioned, Roz, Randy Gregory. Um, so let's not uh, let's not act like we're holier than thou over there, Jerry Jones. I mean, I know he made a lot of money; he's worth a lot of money. But let's not act like um, you know he, he's preaching to the choir over there. Uh, I do think. Here's my my opinion: Is that Kareem Hunt will eventually play NFL football again? Will it be next year? That I can't say. I don't think so. But the guy's only been in the league for two years, so he's very young. Has a lot of time. Um, we'll have to see kind of how he responds to what's going on. I mean, I think there's there's a couple different ways. You know, you can you can come out and kind of be try to become a better person for what you did, or you can kind of you know shy away and kind of not admit that what you did was wrong I think he's you know more towards that first option but this is a a very touchy situation that I don't know if we're ever going to get down to the answer of what's going to happen but I like what you said Roz Le'Veon Bell possibly to the Chiefs Um, they're going to need somebody in that backfield because I don't know if Spencer Ware is the answer but that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge everybody if you miss the show you know where to find us libertytalk.fm amfm247.com we'll be back after the break what's
2: up what's up everybody we are back for our last segment and uh I'm very impressed we got three in last night so uh we're gonna finish it off strong with some college basketball which is forte um let's start off with the top 10 obviously like we like to do not a lot of changes in the top five in fact no changes at all kansas remaining at the one they had an easy matchup against wofford this past week downing them in the second half after a close first half Diedrich lawson finished with 20 points and eight rebounds as a week they did go down with an injury so that is something to watch moving forward he isn't a skilled scorer but he is an important big man for that team Gonzaga, kind of a first test. They were at home against Washington. They did get past them. 81-79. Um, 81-79 at the last minute. It was a game-winning jumper in the final seconds. So Gonzaga, you need, you need to play those kind of games. So I'm not worried. Washington's not a bad pack 12 team to go up against. And you need to see how teams perform when it gets down to the nitty-gritty and it goes down <laughs> to the wire. We had Duke this week just putting on a dunk show. They're literally... ESPN's favorite topic right now because all you have to do is line the top 20 or the top 10 um countdown with Duke plays I mean Zion Williamson to RJ Barrett Zion Williamson to himself RJ Barrett to himself maybe a little bit of uh uh not Tyler Ulis, whatever the other kids. Oh uh, Jones a little Jones assisting on some dunk right. plays I mean it's like a, the Harlem Globetrotters in Duke Blue Devil uniforms yeah, it's been ridiculous it,
0: and it kind of fits like into their style of play they rank number one in the nation in steal percentage um So it it just makes for a lot of exciting plays like that. And the the, the alley-oop off the backboard with Zion and RJ Barrett was pretty, pretty fun to watch.
2: I would say say if basketball rims and hoops weren't altered and modified in recent years, that Zion would be competing with Shaquille O'Neal for most broken backboards. But they have done a whole lot of alterations to them, making sure that they don't break as easily as they did with the once Shaq, the great O'Neal, Um, but I would say he would be up there in terms of rocking the rims. We've got Tennessee at four. I I I think think you're just shacked in a fool right now, but go on. Am I shacked in a fool? That's fair. We needed to get that in somewhere. Anyways, Tennessee still at four. Not a lot has happened since their last loss to Kansas. And then Nevada – Came up big on Saturday, beating, uh, beating pretty good at the USC Trojans, who I picked against them. So I was wrong. Nevada might just be the team this year I go against all the way until the finals if that's where they're going to end up at. But I'm not going to ride the Nevada bandwagon, and no one's going to put me on that bandwagon. So don't even try. Yeah, Virginia. They got,
0: um, Nevada's got a big game coming up. Well, it would have been last night, but as we sit here tomorrow night uh, versus Arizona State. Um, are they going to get the Dubras, or what's going on here?
2: I have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to win this game. I just, I'm waiting for their first loss so that we can put them back down to earth. I know these twins are unbelievable, but it's uh, it's time to see where Nevada really stacks up against the rest of the competition. I understand they took care of USC and some other Pac-12 teams, but maybe Arizona State gives them a little bit of a run for their money.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Um, Nevada's super exciting, though. I mean, those twins last year in the NCAA tournament were awesome to watch, so... This is a team to look out for. I mean, not only right now, but I think down the stretch. I mean, I think experience, there's nothing like it in the NCAA tournament. I know you, sometimes you got those teams of a bunch of one and duns who are just clearly superior to everybody else, but I think this is a bad team. Watch out.
2: Right. We, uh Virginia Cavaliers at six a little low for my liking they held Morgan State to just two field goals in the first 18 minutes of the second half on Monday it's absolutely ridiculous um their eventual 38 point winners Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter each scored 15 points in that game they're they're a scoring team now and their defense is still prolific you see how good they are again I think they're low I think they play Nevada they shut them out I'm going to be aggressive here against Nevada but that's just my call Wolverines Bit of a scare. They do hop up in the top 10. Um, They got the Wolverines 15 of 20 missed or they missed 15 of 23s. They took against Northwestern, a game where they had the opportunity to pull away and cover the spread for your boy Roz multiple times, but they were unable to do so only winning 62 to 60 brutally, Watching that game as they were up 10 at three separate occasions, I got them at minus five. But Northwestern's a scrappy team. That's a team they should watch out for. They, they have their first taste of NCAA tournament. They're a team that wants to continue to taste that. We've got Kentucky, another team that I find pretty irrelevant. The SEC, other than Auburn and me, is an irrelevant conference. When it comes to basketball this year, I understand the Tennessees of the world. I understand the Kentuckys of the world. But they trailed at the break against UNC Greensboro. Again, they have been unable to put away teams. I'm not so much a Kentucky fan this year. I think Calipari has said is, is at his wits' end. He's not even the top recruiter in the world anymore. Wow. You've got Coach K Over feasting Monday on morning prospects.
0: quarterback Raj is Mr. Overreaction right now. You can never count out Kentucky and Coach Calipari. I don't care what point of the season it is. I mean, the young team, give them some time. Let them mature a little bit. Come on.
2: We'll see. I'm not feeling it. Really. We'll figure it out um auburn sitting at nine scored for their guy austin wiley 14 points off the bench and tuesday's win over unc asheville um their lone loss again still came duke it was on a neutral court in maui so we haven't seen a whole lot that, once the sec play gets going i think it'll be interesting seeing these teams square up uk tennessee um auburn and some of the other teams down the list and then we got michigan state rounding it up at number 10 it's uh it's the best hope we have for the Big 10 outside of the two the state of Michigan is our best hope for the Big 10. I know Purdue's in a locked battle right now with Maryland here on a Thursday. We'll see how all that goes, but Michigan State has Tom Izzo, one of those guys you don't really ever want to count out in the tournament, even when he's been a 2 seed that has lost to a 15 seed, you just always feel that Tom Izzo, if he has a senior on that team, he's going to do everything in his willpower. To get them to the Final
0: Four. Yeah, and another guy I think who's gonna be really big in the tournament this year, Cassius Winston. Um, I think he's really taken the next step. He's become the Spartans' really go-to guy on the offensive end. Um, you know, really high assist totals, minimizing the turnovers. Um, you know, he's already scored 19 points in five out of eight games. Only hit that point three times all of last season. Um, so I think this Michigan State team. Um, you know, I, I think when they're around that. You know, four to eight seed, I think, is when I really get scared of them. Uh, so this this could be the year um, that Coach Izzo gets his way back to the top because uh, usually when they're one or two seed, it's, I don't know. For me, I, it just doesn't cut it. But I, I like where they're going this year. I like the Spartans.
2: Absolutely. And we've got some other great teams in here. I've been looking at this CBS. I think this is a fun 25 seed, or not 25 seed, 25-ranked 25 team. Their name is Furman. They're at 9-0. I just bet on them this past week. Minus 8. They took it for me. I'm going to ride Furman. I don't even know what their mascot is. They're 1-0 in conference play so far, so that's great. a great way to start off conference play. 9-0 overall. Watch them to climb up the ladder, win a nice conference title, and make some noise in the tournament. This is the Raz watch team and the overreaction. Let it begin. We've got Maryland at 23 kind of rounding up what is a lot of Big Ten at the bottom. We've got 19 Ohio State, 18 Iowa, who just took an absolute shellacking the other day. They do have Iowa State tonight, um, so hopefully they rebound and bounce back. Michigan State just gave it to them, winning 90-68. to 68. Another fun team, Buffalo. We've seen this before, Wits. I know you probably didn't pick them in your pool, just like I didn't pick them in my pool, but Buffalo sitting at 17. Interesting pick. I'm I, Not a pick, but an interesting place for them. They are continually moving up the ladder. I think Buffalo has a, a mature team, a team that's been together for a while, and is led by a good coach, and they're coming out for vengeance. It doesn't matter who they play.
0: Yeah, and fun fact, uh, Khalil Mack went to Buffalo, so um, a lot of heritage there. Uh, we got I just think it. the
2: success of Khalil Mack is leading to the success of those around him, whether it's on Buffalo or the Bears. He really
0: brings out the best in people. He He really does. Um, and Roz, we got about a minute left, so let's uh, let's talk a little MLB right now. We had a big trade go down the other day, huge. Um, St. Louis Cardinals trading for Paul Goldschmidt, I think one of the most underrated superstars in baseball. It appears that the Diamondbacks are putting the kibosh on what was thought to be a pretty good team the past few years. They have really disappointed, really disappointed me. Um, you remember they went out and signed Zach Greinke. Um, Patrick Corbin is gone, and this seems like a major rebuild right now, but I, I think it's definitely got to strike a little bit of fear into the eyes of Cubs fans right now, with one of the best first basemen in baseball coming to the NL Central. Raj, you get 20 seconds. What do you think of the move?
2: So disappointing that the Diamondbacks are now in a rebuild when they were the top team in the NL West all last year until the very end, and this is scary. I mean... Goldschmidt, Rizzo, finally in the same division. This is going to make for some really good first base play in the NL Central.
0: Yep, you heard it here. Roz's take on the big trade in the MLB. We'll keep you updated on all the offseason moves. But in the meantime, we got full season coming up, and we're in the middle of college basketball and NBA, um, and we're about three weeks away from the end of the NFL season. So stay tuned for more updates, unless you're week. me, unless you're Roz, because it's already over. That is the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you missed the show. You know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. And we'll be back next week. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary
1: Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.